Thanks for waiting for us for three years. <laughs> three years. It's been a bit of a break between last recording and this one. Long time between drinks. Bit of a rest. <laughs> we would tuck it out from those last ones. <laughs> we need a three-year rest. So after three years, this is an introduction right now to a new episode. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> episode four. Four, wow. I'm exhausted already. <laughs> And the new episode um, that you'll be listening to, we actually had no plans and no discussion about the content at all. Mm. Uh, we just felt we finally, after all this time, had the Lord's green light. And um, in yeah. an effort to get back on the horse, we said, hey, let's just see, you know, yeah. feel it out again. And we sat down and switched the mics on. And what you're about to listen to is what came out. Anyway, we'll see you soon. See ya. Bye. Okay, so we're, we're on. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we're just going to tell our story? Yeah. We're going to introduce ourselves again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. It's been uh, a while. Yep. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. It's been mm. three years, I think. Mm. Something like three years. Wow, since we did our last recording. Mm. But that was uh, significant for us um, at that time. It was uh, a real learning in being able to remain silent. Yes. That uh, when the Lord had nothing to say, we had nothing to say. Been a real lesson. Sure has. And uh, stepping back from the microphone, mm. um, the ancient pathways were started, uh, we believe, as the initiative of God, not, mm. not out of our own initiative. Mm -hmm. And he gave us the name. Uh, we gave us the story. He gave us the, the theme. Yeah. And it, the logo and the logo. everything. There's a lot of things there. And the messages. And sure. the messages. And um, so there's <clears throat> there was a great uh, lesson in us for both Donna and me that occurred only days apart mm. um, at that time, which made us see we had nothing to say. Yeah. And, uh, and the Lord didn't want us to say anything if mm. it wasn't going to be him saying it. Yeah. So for these last three years, we haven't said anything because he hasn't said anything to us. Right. It was a very confronting experience for us, wasn't mm, it, to was. see um, yeah, our inadequacy unless he's speaking. Um, and there's been times over these three years that we've wanted to. Um, Absolutely. Because we enjoyed it, but every time it's just been – uh, sense that the Lord has just said there's nothing for you guys to say. So it's definitely been, as Derek said, a real learning for us to just lay those things down, um, even the things that that the Lord gives us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which in right. our own thinking, 
we just wouldn't make sense to lay them down. Um, we can know that something has come from God and uh, he will still ask us to give that up. Mm. And it's been very good for us. Mm. Yeah. And it's been a journey, I think, from where we're picking up now. Mm. It's a new journey. It's a new leg of that mm. journey for us. And the funny thing is we spent three years in a community that was planted um, that we absolutely believe that was planted by the Lord, um, that somebody was prepared. And as you know, the scriptures in the New Testament outlines that God has a certain way of doing things, and we actually did sort of touch on that in one of our only three of those mm-hmm. podcasts that we did do, and, mm-hmm. and that was knowing where Israel did see the works of God, but mm-hmm. Moses knew the ways of God. That's right. And there's such a significant difference in that because the modern church is looking for the works of God, you know, he's miraculous, he's healing powers, he's miraculous powers, he's signs and wonders and all that sort of stuff, and we're chasing those things. And while those things are present, uh, the church actually seems to have some purpose, to have some, you know, uh, reason for this pursuit. But when all of that goes, there's where we're wondering, where did you go, Lord? Yeah, it's like... Um, everything has to be so big. Mm. We're always expecting God to be big, mm. to do big things and to manifest himself in, in big and obvious ways and mm. and in our lives to yeah, to have a, a big effect in us and and kind of in that way, you know, our ministries become big or gifts and whatever are all big. Yeah. I guess part of our sharing today is just looking well, we're just sharing our story and seeing how small <laughs> God mm. can be. Um, intentionally so. Intentionally, and yet within that smallness be bigger than we could ever imagine. Mm, absolutely. And it was like just only just the other day we were listening to something and what stood out was, you know, when Jesus, one of the, the triune Godhead, came to earth, was born as a baby, entered this realm and this sphere of human life where he became so small and fragile and dependent mm. and came without any fanfare. Mm. There was uh, shepherds that knew of the story, what was happening on that night. He came at night, didn't come in the daytime. Mm. Um, there was some magi, which weren't even Christians, mm. that recognised something of... God's intention wasn't somebody from Israel. Mm. There was all these hidden things, but yep. but this revealing to the lowliest and and to the to those that didn't hold the law and the promises and the prophets. Yeah, it's and, true. And it's he came in such a way as he announced himself to so few and to those who seemed so little. Mm. Being born in a stable. Being born in a stable. No one knowing about it. Even the point that there wasn't any room in the inn. Yeah, mm. like it's the son of God. Yeah. There's no room for the son of God. Yes, the lowliest. Yeah. And what struck us was that this is the way of God. Mm. And we are often so, and like the Jews seek for signs and wonders and the Greeks seek for wisdom. There was no wisdom in that situation. It, it actually confounded the wise, mm-hmm. and there was no signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one sign, there was the star, mm-hmm. but it, it actually caught the attention of those that weren't even looking in the sense that the Jews were looking. 
they were looking for something completely different. But those that were actually perceiving, mm-hmm. they actually did see something. And there was only, we don't know how many there were mm-hmm. of the Magi, but even if there was only a handful of them, there was hardly anybody that knew about the birth and the arrival of God into mm-hmm. the earth. It's almost stealth-like. Stealth, <laughs> that's right. The stealthiness of God, you know. This is one of the things that was really come home to us is that how God does something at the beginning is how he has intended it to be. Mm. You know, it's like the, the church. Mm. How he birthed the church is how he wants the church to be. Mm. But it's become something completely different to what it's mm. it was in, ever it's intended. Been, yeah. Quote by Tealston Sparks as God's beginnings mm. contain his endings. Yeah. I suppose just in sharing our story, leading how that connects to our story is that the ways that we've learnt God in his church has been, as Derek started saying earlier, that we've been part of a community, a, a body of saints um, over from 2017 to nearly 2020. And during that time, well, that church had been planted by a worker, and that's what that's where you're coming from mm. in that being God's ways. God's ways. And that's what made that experience so different yeah. for than what we'd experienced before. It was everything we were hoping it would be and mm. and much more. Yeah. And it was nothing that we expected mm. <laughs> at the same time. Mm. Um and so it was during those years that we started the podcast, The Ancient Pathways, and it was during that time that God put a stop to it and just said, hold it, you got nothing mm. to say, and took us really into a, into a real, just a time of going deep in the Lord, and I think even without us realising how deep we were going in Him, mm. because we went through challenges and, and lots of difficulties and wonderful times, and as Derek said, the you know, the glorious experiences as well as the gore, as Frank Viola puts it, within body life. Um, So I guess we were free to just experience that community life for that three years. And during that time, the Lord has just led us and hopefully changed us. And he's brought us to the next chapter, like you said. So Mm. now... We've moved from that area, from that body of saints to where we are now in Newcastle, back in New South Wales. So we went from New South Wales in 2016 in December to WA, Perth, Western Australia, and we left there in December 2019. And being part of that church that had been planted, we experienced experienced don't know if that's really a big enough word but um we ate of the fruit of it having been planted by a worker mm. and um i don't know do we want to talk about that what the, what the difference that that yeah i think because it, it does actually out. describe the ways of god and i think mm. you know god doesn't you know we, we, the modern church has suffered from in a lot of ways uh its own form of continuing what it's always known 
you know, the Roman thinking of when Constantine was the emperor of Rome. And so we all know that through the modern church is, I suppose, birthed from that whole um, uh, influence that man entered in at that time in about the third century, which is church, part of church history, I suppose, in that sense, although it lacked, it missed the spirit. So the spirit mm. was had started the church and then eventually man. At Pentecost. At Pentecost. Yep. It was birthed in the spirit. It was brought about in the spirit. And then at, around about the third century, the persecution stopped, all that sort of stuff. Rome actually bought into the whole, you know, church experience. Constantine was came to some type of form of salvation experience, according to his own words or history. Um, and we can see then how the church then started to go down a path where it had, you know, professional ministers, it had a liturgy, it had a build sacred buildings, it had professional people that were sort of set aside for mm. ministry rather than everybody being a part of that. So, mm. yes, yeah, so I suppose the, the ways of God have never changed in that throughout the New Testament, you see, where God had prepared people and sent them. This was the way God had started the new church, the, the New Testament church. Christ came; He was sent, so He gave us the model of one who was sent. He was prepared, and He was sent to the earth. Christ got the twelve; He prepared them over a period of time. Then they were sent, and then that is repeated. You can see that continuation of Paul. Mm being prepared in body life mm. and then being sent by the Holy Spirit, Paul and Barnabas. Mm. You can see Paul uh, gathering younger brothers um, you know, to himself in the sense that Timothy and Titus and Epaphras and all these ones where he trained, trained them, them mm. and then they were sent. Mm. Um, even the Old Testament prophets, they were sent. Mm. They were prepared by God and they were sent. Chosen, called, prepared. After that preparation, they were sent. So there's a pattern there that's unmistakable right mm. throughout the scriptures and it's um, spiritual preparation it is a spiritual it's yeah. not um intellectual preparation yes exactly. yeah it's not a bible college degree um, there's none of that in the no, scripture it's not, either it's not into textbooks and things like that it's spiritual as in being called aside by the lord with the lord mm. to learn from the lord the Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. preached Christ. <laughs> yeah. It's because they knew Christ. Yeah, even that's the, uh, right. Because they the, knew him. That they knew him. And even that's the right. Pharisees, they could see, you know, uh, I think it was Peter and John when they were, you know, being raked over the coals and they said that they could see that these two men had been mm, with Jesus. Been with Jesus. So there was yeah. something apparent about these unlearned men yes. that they could not stand up against their wisdom and mm. against their boldness. They could see that these ones had been with Jesus. Yes. And they didn't learn that in seminary. They didn't learn that in the synagogue, mm. even though I'm sure they would have uh, heard the scriptures. Um, Spoken them out. Yeah, yep. all that sort of stuff. So. Mm. Yeah. So why are we talking about yeah. this? We're talking. So it's it's more the ways of God that we're sort of referring mm. to, I suppose, in that sense that we are and have seen during the course of our journey mm -hmm. uh, the similar patterns. Yeah. Where he yep. has opened our eyes to see that there are ones that are prepared and sent. And we can see this uh, uh, apparent evidence mm -hmm. and through experience that the scriptures are not just, just words. Mm -hmm. They are a living experience that God wants to bring mm -hmm. and, and still find himself 
being expressed in this way and found in this mm. way in, throughout the earth because that's yeah. who he is. Yeah. He's ascending God. He hasn't changed. He hasn't he doesn't changed. Change, exactly. No. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. So what we experienced in Perth, I'd have to say, is pretty much what they would have experienced in the New Testament mm. because it was just it was a gathering of saints, of believers, who were all wanting to follow Christ and know Christ who wanted to live out of his life, who had a revelation of Christ as the head of the church, as the Son of God, obviously, and as being the ultimate of the Father's heart. They were a group of believers who were so besotted with the Lord Jesus and that they they wanted to be free from all the religious shackles that they had uh, everyone coming from different churched backgrounds and just by the revelation of Christ and the eternal purpose of God being Christ and his church, which mm. is just a massive revelation. Mm. It's, it's such a simple thing to say and I know we talked about it in our episodes and on our site we mentioned you know the phrase the eternal purpose of god a, a number of times because paul talks about it so it's not like right. it's not a catchphrase it's, it's scripture mm. and and it it should ignite in us well what does that mean mm. what are they talking about what does that mean it sounds pretty important to me an eternal purpose of god anyway so these saints had some level of revelation of that and therefore desired to meet and to be together and to function as God had intended and as had occurred in the New Testament. And as a result of that, they looked for and found out someone who was a sent one, a worker, who came and laid the foundation of Christ amongst the saints. And what I find really interesting and and might sound and seem a bit strange to somebody who hasn't come to this point yet or who this sounds new to or whatever is is that you would just think why does the foundation of christ need to be laid amongst believers that's right <laughs> amongst christians people who've been christians since they were children or since yeah. their teens or early 20s and now are in their 40s and 50s why on earth do we need someone to come and lay a foundation of christ that doesn't make sense that's right. I think it's a, a good point. Reminds me of where Paul says, it pleased God to reveal the Son in me. Mm -hmm. In another area, he says, this mystery was revealed to me mm. by revelation. Mm. It was shown me by revelation. Mm. And uh, it makes me see that even the great apostle Paul had to see this thing, mm. not by his intellect, mm. not by his, his mind or his you know lengthy study of the scripture. Mm. Um, even though that helps, but it's, it has to be something that the Spirit of God shines mm. into our hearts and we, we can know all about the eternal purpose of God with our head mm. but miss it with our heart mm. and with our spirit, which is the main thing. Yeah. And even Paul had to see that. He knew the Scriptures very yeah. well. Well, for Paul, I mean, he didn't, yeah, being uh, a Jew, he obviously believed in the Messiah, but he, he didn't accept that Jesus was the Messiah, whereas we as Christians do. So why do we still need a foundation of Christ laid when we have already seen and accepted Jesus as 
as the Son of God mm. and given our life to him and, and we're walking with him and believing in him and mm. loving him. And so it's like if once Paul did have that revelation, he was hooked on Jesus. Now, any Christian could say that's the same experience for me, mm. or coming from the world or you know, coming from this or whatever. Once I realized, once I found Jesus, that that was it. I'm just about Jesus. But unfortunately, since all the history of that church that you talked about before, the church, as we know it, has become so entangled with so many things that are other than Christ. So Christians have ended up in that entanglement. And we're really not saying anything most Christians aren't onto, I guess, at the moment. There's a lot of other voices out there speaking along these lines. Um, but just seeing that that Christians today have a real, very, very real need to have the foundation of Christ laid because many have come into faith in the Lord based on so many other things and um if not, eventually it's become entangled with other things. Mm. And so to have a group of Christians come together and say, we've loved God, we are Christians, we've been following him faithfully for years and years and years, but we really don't know Jesus. And we can see we have so much religious baggage now that gets in the way of us knowing him. And we, it's like you said, you when we just started, you said the church just doing what it knows. Mm, that's right. So when when we've been so churched, and then we go, wait a minute, I can see now that there's so much religion in me, and I actually need to know the Lord so much deeper. I actually don't know how to do anything about that. There's the uh, element as well that we can't see there's so much religion in us no. unless the Lord reveals exactly. that to us. And if we haven't seen Christ, then religion is all we know. That's exactly right. That's the problem. The mm. problem is revelation. It comes back to light. Mm. Then the whole Christian life is about light. It's about seeing with the eyes of the Spirit, mm. and we can't initiate that. Yeah. That is a, That comes as a result of an abandoned pursuit, mm. a part of that element of where Christ is seen because we are pursuing him. Mm. And Paul made that, I, I suppose, he's, the, he's our example mm. of how a life can be changed, mm. how our pursuit of Christ, our sole pursuit of Christ. Yeah, exactly. Only pursuit of Christ. That, exactly. That our life is continually changed by a continual sighting. Mm. Yeah, so there's a, lot, there's a lot to be said about the fact that Christianity leans so heavily upon the scriptures, which is simply just the revelation that, those brothers within the New Testament setting saw, which had the Spirit reveal those things to them. Mm, mm. So we believe somehow if we read that, we have the same revelation mm. just by reading it. Well, that's no, that's mm. completely not true at all. No. All we've done is read it and with our own mind, we might even assimilate it into our life and our living and our practice, but it's not revelation. Revelation is supplied or given by God. Mm. It's not something that we can attain to just because we read the scriptures. Mm. And uh, the, the scriptures have to become alive to us in a way. It's where we see with the eyes of the Spirit. This is where the difference 
is encountered. That's a massive topic. <laughs> it's a massive topic, topic, but it's a, it's a critical topic. Yeah. Just on Paul, if he had – I'm just trying to explain, I suppose, where we all are as Christians and why we need something different when we are Christians. You know what I'm saying? When we already mm. We already believe in Jesus. Yeah. Why would any Christian say, well, I need to do something different than what I'm doing? So I'm just thinking if we if we look at Paul's life, and as you just said, he was in this constant pursuit of Christ. All he preached was Christ. Yeah. He didn't preach. He did heal people. He did do miracles, but he didn't preach about healing. He no. didn't preach about miracles. No, he didn't. He didn't preach about anything but Christ and Christ mm. crucified. They, they occurred as a natural result. That's right. They were the overflow, the outflow of yeah. Christ in him as he preached Christ. Yeah. And um, But if we could just take some imagination and just imagine Paul getting caught up in church politics, church, you know, if he had let the Jews come in and bring in all of the extra things that they wanted to put conditions on for the Gentiles. If he had not stayed so dogmatically true to the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory, mm. the eternal purpose of God, uh, and all those things had come in, Paul would have ended up just like us. Mm, that's right. And that's that's what's happened to us because we have, when I say us, I'm talking collectively of Christians over the generations in modern church tradition, we've just missed the mark because other things have come in and we've become entangled. Our church life, our understanding of God has become tangled with so many other things. Our knowing Jesus has become entangled with so many other things and we've lost the purity that is just Christ and Christ crucified. So we need, for our experience anyway, we were desperate to have some help because we could see the Lord had revealed to us that Christ is everything, Jesus is everything. He had revealed to us that God has an eternal purpose and that is Christ being displayed in his church. So with that revelation, we looked around and just couldn't find anywhere or any community where we were living, any saints where we were who also had that and that desire to pursue just Christ uh, we tried to meet with people along those lines, but because, coming back to what you said before, we were trying to do something we'd never done before. Mm, exactly. So we did have revelation, which is what led our hunger and our desire, but we had no, we weren't equipped. We had no understanding. We had no experience to draw upon. We had no, yeah, no environment for us to learn how to just, know the Lord and follow the Lord and be, and live out of his life together with other believers. So the necessity of um, someone who has been sent to do that is huge and and it's not really the topic of our discussion, but it's we kind of have to start there, I guess. Yeah, our experience to date has been has led us. To that, and it, we can see that hasn't been our choices. It's been as a result of God leading us because we've been pursuing Him, mm. and that's like the sheep on the heels of the shepherd. They say, Lord, where are you going? I mm. want to go where you're going. Mm. I want to do what you're doing. Yeah, and that constant pursuit. You know, if we're if we knock, the door will be opened. If we seek, we will find. But 
we've become extremely comfortable in the church and that's how the church remains extremely comfortable that mm-hmm. we have this Sunday program, we have a Wednesday night maybe, maybe even a prayer meeting if we're actually considered to be radical mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or extending ourselves beyond those normal spiritual, two super spiritual. Super spiritual. <laughs> we, we've got two hours on a Sunday, we've got mm-hmm. you know, maybe a couple of hours on a Wednesday night. But, you know, that is is that the extent of our Christian life. And if it is, then sadly we are walking in what has been birthed out of 1,700, 1,800 years of religion. Mm, exactly. And it's become this is what I do. We've and not held fast to the head. No. That's and because we don't mean. know the head. That's right. <laughs> the church doesn't exactly. know the head. Exactly. How can you hold fast to something we don't know? Mm. This is the dilemma of the church. It doesn't know Christ. Mm. It knows about him mm-hmm. and it's even had experiences of him mm. in some way. Yep. Yet yet you look at the New Testament, there were thousands of people that experienced Christ, mm. but there was only 120 in the upper room mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. Where were the others? Yeah. Where did they go? Mm-hmm. They weren't anywhere to be seen. Mm. Why? Because maybe their life was too busy. Mm. Maybe they just had more they had to do. Mm. And, uh, and the rest of it was forgotten. Jesus was easily forgotten. Mm. So there's a, yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that religion is a very entrenched thing. So mm. our life needs light. Mm-hmm. It needs to see and it mm. can't see. Jesus, most of the, a lot of the miracles that Jesus performed were signs and wonders then pointing to who was among them. That's right. It was saying, I'm giving sight to the blind. Mm. In other words, you could say this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and then God said, let there be light. What does that Mm -hmm. say? That says that without light we have no knowledge of anything. Mm -hmm. It was God in the beginning that called light into existence. Mm. Light exists to bring a knowledge, Mm -hmm. darkness, knowledge flees. Mm -hmm. We don't know where we are, what we're doing, and yet religion exists. Stumbling around in the dark. Exactly. Religion exists within darkness, Mm -hmm. and that's as far as it gets. Without the light of the world, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and Mm -hmm. I have come among you, and I'm proving that to you by opening the eyes of the blind so the light can shine into the darkness. And who was the first person that most of those blind people saw? Mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus. And it says that in Scripture, mm-hmm. doesn't it? It says that God shines into the darkness, mm-hmm. the knowledge of himself in the face of his own yeah. son, Jesus yeah. Christ. And and he is the light of the mm-hmm. world. And the church still walks in religion because it's in darkness. So when they opened their eyes and they looked into Jesus' face, they saw God. The very mm-hmm. face of God mm-hmm. in the face of Jesus okay. Christ. Mm-hmm. I am the Father of one. Mm-hmm. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Mm. So there's this yeah. tremendous boat anchor tied around the leg of the church mm. and it's rapidly sinking. Yeah. yeah. It can't swim to the surface. Mm. It can't get the air it needs because it's so tied to religion. Mm. It's so tied to the practices of this world, man's mm. efforts to please God. Yeah. And, and, and religion can't get rid of religion. It can't. Just like the self can't mortify the self. Yeah. It can't put to death the practices of the flesh. That's why we need help. Exactly. That's why the church needs help. In Ephesians 4, it says that Jesus gave some. Yeah. He gave some. Mm -hmm. Why? For the equipping of the saints. That's right. And the fact is 
we've accepted only a few of those things. We accept teachers. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be a teacher. Paul mm-hmm. said that himself. Mm-hmm. He said, there are many teachers among you, but not many fathers. Mm-hmm. What are fathers? They have a nurturing parental heart. Mm-hmm. They express the heart of God. Mm-hmm. And when the, and father also has experience. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's further along yep. in life, in the journey. Yeah. Yeah, so we've got no worries about being – Accepting prophets, everyone wants to be a prophet. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to prophesy something and be right mm-hmm. about what they're prophesying about. Yeah. Yep, see, I said that. I told you. Yeah. I knew Donald Trump would get in. Yeah. There was yeah. only two people in the race. <laughs> What's the chances? <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, geez, we've been on a uh, in, mm, the, in just, the school of religion and totally. in the school of our own imagination, the school mm-hmm. of our own life. Rather than it being about the one that actually does matter, mm-hmm. you know, and let's not—that's uh, just a—that's a very broad statement. But yes, we all love God and we all love Jesus and we want to pursue. But let's also recognise the traits of these of what we call religion. Mm. Are we happy just to remain where we are? Mm. Are we happy just to? Go to church and yeah, or are we actually wanting to know Christ? Mm, are we right. pursuing that? You know, the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Mm. Well, who is all truth? Truth is a person. Truth, truth is Christ. Truth is a person. Amen. Yeah, so, there's so, nothing yeah. but there's nothing more than Christ. We yeah. can't get beyond Christ. That's right. We can't <laughs> add to Christ. That's there's exactly nothing it. beyond Him. That's exactly right. Nothing. Yes, we can't say, okay, we've we've read enough about you now, Jesus. We're going to go do something else. And it's going to be Christian and it's going to be about God. And we'll do that. And then we'll come back to you and bless you on a Sunday. And then we'll get on with all these other Christian things. Or, yes, yes, I know know about Jesus, but there's no but. That's right. There's nothing beyond Jesus. Mm. And that in itself is enormous for us to try and grasp that there's nothing beyond him. We think yeah. there is. Yeah. We really do. We really, really think that there's more. I did. Mm. Thought there was more than him. Well, there were a lot of other things that excited me more than Jesus. Well, <laughs> because because in we the never church. knew Jesus. Yeah. We never knew him. Leadership, preaching. That's right. Prophesying. Praise and gifts worship. Of the spirit, yep. Evangelism. Yep. Writing know. Christian songs. Yep. Even just Christian fellowship, you know, our friends, people that we loved in the church and all of that. Mm. A whole lot of stuff, ministries, mission work. The list goes on, doesn't it? Yeah. On and on and on. But, like, do you hear that, folks, that there is nothing beyond Christ? Nothing, absolutely. He encompasses all that God is. He does. It's like the universe, the ever-expanding universe. There's nothing beyond. Mm. There's nothing, like... I don't know, does that make sense? What's outside of the universe? Christ. Christ. <laughs> it says in Colossians <laughs> that all things were made in him. That's right. And it also says, and he fills the universe. He fills the universe. He upholds all things by the power of his word. Everything is upheld in Christ. He holds all things together. He mm. holds this microphone together. He holds yeah. Rocky together. He does. Did you know that, Rocky? He holds yeah. this house together. He holds... The city together. When you break it down to an atomic level. He holds the rock together. He holds a drop of water together. That's exactly right. He holds a star, a planet. He holds the sun together. He holds the black hole that's in the middle of the universe. He holds that together. He holds... Oxygen that we breathe. Yep. And so, therefore... Our skin, everything is held together 
by him. Yeah, by the intention. So in the beginning God created Yeah. the heavens and the earth, everything seen and unseen, everything that can be known and, and everything that is unknown, everything hidden, everything revealed. Visible and invisible. Yeah, everything. Every, everything is sustained by the intention yeah. of his will. And it was created for one purpose, that in the end all things would be summed up in Christ. Well, the recording went for so long we had to split it into two parts. And we thought that was a great place to cut it, so tune in next time for our next episode, which will be our part B. And we'll see you all then. Catch you later. Bye. So don't forget to keep the faith And now it feels like coming home And you're the one I've always known To bring me back where I belong This feels like coming home It feels like coming home Into the arms I've always known After a lifetime on my own It finally feels like coming home